Shalom, and welcome to Via Hafta Yisrael, a Hebrew phrase which means, you shall love Israel. We hope you'll stay with us for the next 30 minutes as our teacher, Dr. Baruch, shares his expository teaching from the Bible. Dr. Baruch is the senior lecturer at the Zera Avraham Institute based in Israel. Although all courses are taught in Hebrew at the Institute, Dr. Baruch is pleased to share this weekly address in English. To find out more about our work in Israel, please visit us on the web at loveisrael.org. That's one word, loveisrael.org. Now, here's Baruch with today's lesson. In Judaism, there is an expression called midot tovot, which means good personal characteristic traits. And that's what each of us are called to demonstrate. And those good personal characteristic traits are the traits that God himself has. We are called to be like him, to be imitators of the living God. And when we do that, we are truly demonstrating faithfulness. Take out your Bibles and look with me to the book of Psalms and Psalm 119. The book of Psalms and Psalm 119. Now we're ready for the 10th section. And this is if the Hebrew letter Yud, the 10th letter of the Hebrew alphabet. And here, just like in all the sections that we're going to be studying we are dealing with verses that begin with that particular letter, in this case, the Yud. And here we're seeing how the author is informing us and teaching us of what should be our objective in life. And when we submit to that objective, God is going to begin to reveal to us personal things that he desires for us. But again, that principle that we've talked about much in our studies together, and that is first, we submit to God's general revelation, that is truth for humanity. General revelation is truth for humanity. As one submits to that general truth for all human beings, when we submit and recognize God's authority over humanity, when we do that, God will begin to direct us personally, teaching us things about our own individual lives and how we are called to live a life according to his will. And God has a perfect plan for your life. Well, let's begin. We're ready now for, for Psalm 119, and we're going to begin in verse 73 where it says, your hands, and of course, the your here is God Almighty. Your hands have made me. And then as we continue on in this next phrase, we see a word that's related to literally being established. Now, this word also has to do with, with strength. It is through being empowered that one can take a stand. So he says, your hands have made me, and the implication is, and they have established me. They have given me strength. Now, the word hand in Hebrew, yad, is a word that relates to authority. So we could rightly understand this first verse of our study in this section to reply or to teach us, God, through you, or through your authority, I have been made. 
And through that same authority, I received power that you might establish me. Now, he speaks here in the continuing part of this verse about understanding. He says, and, and have given me understanding. And that understanding allows him, he says, and I will learn your commandments. So God has made us. He establishes us with his power. And that allows us to be given understanding. When we recognize who God is, we recognize his authority in our life. And we understand that God has established us for a purpose. When we submit to all of that, the outcome is we will be learners of the truth of God. God will give us understanding, and through that understanding, we can learn. He says, I have learned your commandments. And again, the commandments of God are a good thing. They are his instructions that teach us how we should order our life. Move on to the next verse, verse 74. And those that fear you, now it's in the plural, so those or the ones who fear you, they shall see me. And the implication is, they will see me, and what he wants to convey is how God is going to move in this author's life. And they say, based upon God's faithfulness, they are going to what? They are going to perceive God's faithfulness in the author's life, and they will be glad. And this gladness is an outcome of God keeping his covenantal promises, God doing what he says he's going to do, God moving the author in the fulfillment of God's plan and purposes for his life. And notice something else about this author. He says, for your word, I have hope for. So he is a person that realizes your word and here is are we speaking about his written word? Well, perhaps. But I think more in keeping in line of the context God's word to this person, this author individually. And he says, I have hope for your revelation. I have hope for you to speak to me and guide me in my life. Move now to verse verse 75. I have known, and the implication is, I have known the Lord, that righteous are your judgments. Now, the judgments of God bring about the order of God. There is an inherent relationship between God's judgments and righteousness. And we see here that the author is saying, I have known the Lord, and what I've learned about him, what I know about him, is that his judgments are righteous. It is through God's righteous judgment that his order is made, comes into being. And we need to submit to God's righteous judgments if we want his order in our life. It goes on and says, which means, and faith or faithfulness. It says here, uh, you have afflicted me. Now, this may seem odd, but, but God afflicts us. And this is a word, when I look at the, the modern Hebrew, underneath the ancient Hebrew, we have the word for discipline. 
So God is faithful to discipline us. Why? It's through this discipline that God teaches us and reorders our paths that he directs us in a way so that we can experience the goodness of his will. So he says here, yes, your ways and your your judgment is righteous and faithful, meaning faithful are you to, to discipline me. Verse, verse 76. Yehi na, which means may it come about, and this word na is a word of beseeching. It can be thought of as a word that is polite, like in our English language, the word please. So he says here, may it come about, please, your grace. Why? God's grace comforts. He says comforts me. Now, how does God's grace comfort us? Well, God's grace is inherently related to forgiveness. We could say that differently. God's grace is related to mercy. So, through God's grace, through his mercy, I find forgiveness. And that forgiveness comforts me. It lets me know that I am not going to be a recipient of God's destruction, that he's not going to destroy me. And again, through that covenantal relationship, I can have sure expectations of how God's going to work in my life. If I'm willing to submit, God's going to bless If I'm willing to recognize his authority, he is going to lead me to an abundant life. So he says here, may it come about, please, your grace to comfort me. And your word, literally in the plural, your word, what you have spoken to your, and this is important, to your servant. The author here is recognizing himself as a servant. This is the same word for the word slave. Your slave. It is a word that that speaks of the author's humility and his willingness to accept his role as a servant or slave of God. Now look at verse 77. They bring to me your mercy. Now, this is in the the plural, they bring, who's bringing? Well, we could say the word of God, scripture, your truth. They bring to me your mercy. And notice what it says. And I have lived. We see here this direct relationship between the mercy of God providing life. And this teaches us a foundational principle in regard to spirituality. And it's this. Don't think that what you have in this world is life. It is not. We have time. We have resources. Our life, those things that our life consists of, we have the opportunity to use these things. In God's will, to submit to his will, that is a good thing to do. But but the life in the scripture, it talks about that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. Now, this is speaking about wanting to worship God forever and ever. But life is not what we're experiencing now. The fulfillment of what life is really about 
is a kingdom experience. And therefore, when he says here, look again, they will bring your mercy and I have lived. He's speaking here about how the mercy of God gives us life. It allows us to live within the, the structure, the judgment, the order, the purposes of God. And notice, when he speaks about God's mercy and having life, he says, for your law. Notice what it says, for your law delights me. Now, this word for delight, it's a special word. It's a word for being amused in a very pleasant manner. Now, we see this word in modern Hebrew being used for like an amusement park or children. Children love to go to playgrounds and, and play and enjoy themselves. We use the same word in regard to a playground today. And what we need to realize is this. It is the law of God that is our delight. When we implement the commandments of God, that's another way of saying the law of God, into our life. It is going to delight us. It is going to be a source of great pleasure and enjoyment. We don't hear that taught enough. We sometimes tend to think that the law is burdensome and praise God that I'm free of the law. Well, the Bible never says that we're free from the law. When the Bible says you're no longer under the law, it doesn't mean that the law is done away with. It still has relevance. But what it means is we're no longer under the judgment, the hand of, the authority to punish of the law. Why aren't we? Because we have received mercy and forgiveness. How have we received that? Through the grace of God. How was that grace displayed? How was it made available? Through the cross, through Messiah. So all of this is teaching us about the right way of approaching life. Receiving God's grace, being forgiven, being a recipient of his mercy, so that we can take hold of the law of God and live according to the commandments of God. Now, notice the alternative. Look now to, to verse 78. It says, Yevoshu. Yevoshu are those who are ashamed. And this word for being ashamed is a very strong word. So it's being greatly ashamed, utterly ashamed. And what brings about shame and embarrassment in our life? Well, notice the next word. And by and large, we see that that, that translators don't recognize really what this word is. It is the word zadim. Now, zadim is plural. It speaks about those. I've mentioned this word before. It's the word mazid. What is mazid? Mazid is doing something that is wrong and doing it intentionally. So, some Bibles will say this is proud or arrogance. It's not proud, pride, or arrogance. It is rebelliousness. Now, pride and arrogance is probably attached to it. But it is the willful disobedience with knowledge, with understanding. I know that God wants this, but I'm going to do that. So when that's the attitude, we say that someone sins, someone does something that's wrong, meaning they intended to. They understood that it was wrong, but they didn't care. 
And when we behave in that way, that rebellious manner, what's it going to produce? We'll look at the first verse, our first word in this verse, verse 78, where it says, Yevoshu, they will be ashamed, those who are willfully rebellious. And notice it says here, for false, false, and we have a word for twisting. Now, this is a word which is a word of perversion. It's a word of taking the truth of God, rejecting it, turning it into something that it's not. And we can also see here the concept of iniquity. So it's a willful embracing of iniquity, the rejecting of the testimony of God with intent, understanding what is God's will and doing something that's the opposite. And notice that key word here, the word sheker, which is false. So false is, is this turning of and twisting of the word of God. And what does it bring again? When we look at this, it says in the modern Hebrew underneath, he'e shimuni, which means they, they make me guilty in iniquity. So when I rebel willfully against the instructions, the commandments, the law, the, the judgments of God, when I do that, I'm going to be ashamed and I am walking in that which is false rather than that which is true. What should we do? Well, notice how this verse concludes. Ani asiach, I will converse. Now, some will say that this word is related to meditation, a concentrating upon the word of God. But he says, I will, will converse, meaning I'm going to speak, I'm going to meditate in, what does he say? Your orders. Now, this is word pikud, which usually refers to, for example, a military commander giving, giving an oral order, a command. And he says here, I'm going to meditate. I'm going to, I'm going to speak about these things. I'm going to converse about them. I'm going to have, in other words, great knowledge of what you order me to do. Verse, verse 79 they will return to me, meaning here, there's going to be an acknowledgement that this author is right. Now, if you've been learning with us in this psalm, he has opponents. He has those who are against him. But they're going to return to me, he says. They'll return to him and they will see you. Meaning, when they agree, and this is the implication, when these individuals who are enemies, opponents, of this one when they return and the implication is they return to him in repentance they are going to see you oh god and they are going to know and we have this word edotecha which means your testimonies what he's saying is this when one repents when one acknowledge you know what you're doing i've been against i've been speaking uh contrary to that but now I'm repenting of that. And I'm returning to you in, in agreement. These individuals that repent, says here that they are going to see you, meaning see you, O God, 
and they're going to know your testimony. They, too, are going to experience your faithfulness in their life. Last verse, verse 80, where he says, May it be that my heart, tamin, tamin, we have here the word here for, for complete or whole, for the word tamin, underneath they have the word shalem, but tamin can mean innocent, it can mean a heart of integrity, it relates to someone who has a heart that is right in the eyes of God. And notice what it says. My heart may be complete. What? In your statutes. In your laws. On account that I will not be ashamed. Now, what he's teaching us here in this passage is a very good principle. Meaning this. You are either going to, when, when all said and done, you are either going to be an individual that is expressing shame. You are going to be a recipient of God's shame. And that's when people look at you. That's what they're going to see. A shameful individual that's not pleasing to God. One that is not someone who is walking in the integrity of God. But if we embrace, and what's the word? Be'chukokecha. Be'chuk. is a law. It's a different word from, from the word Torah which is instruction, but it's a law, a statute, a precept. <laughs> and he says here, May it be my heart complete, whole, perfect, a heart of integrity in what? Your statutes, in your laws. And this is when we're committed to the laws of God, and the laws of God are simply his framework, his structure, what God says about any situation, we embrace that. We apply his standards to our life. And when we do, what's the promise? The promise is we're not going to be ashamed. In fact, others will see how God is moving and where he brings about us to be in his kingdom, in his will, recipients of his blessings. And what are they going to do? They are going to rejoice, be glad, be happy. Why? They see that our God is a faithful God. God does according to his word. And that's why it's so important for you and me to honor God's word, apply his word to our life, think and speak according to his word. No one, no one ever regrets obedience to the word of God. What we see here in this 10th this section of Psalm 119 is a great example of God's faithfulness to those who are faithful to his word. It ends well for them. But likewise, we saw in one verse, those who are willfully rebellious, they are going to be ashamed. And we've learned in other places in this 119 Psalm that those who are willfully disobedient to the instructions of God, his precepts, his standards, his, his commandments, those who are willfully disobedient to God, they are going to be ashamed. They are going to find instead of an a abundant life, they are going to find a life that has been destroyed. And who has destroyed it? Ultimately, God has brought that person to nothingness. And he's put that person in a place that's outside 
of God's God's care. Now, God is all places, but that doesn't mean if you're in a place where God says, I'm going to reject you. I'm going to cast you out of my sight. What am I speaking about? Ultimately, that lake that burns with fire and brimstone. Those who are willfully disobedient to the instructions of God, that's where they're going to wind up. And it's only those who are humble, who want to serve God, who want to experience the redemption of God, who hope is in the promises of God. It's only those who have entered into that new covenant through faith in that gospel message that they and they alone are going to know the goodness of God. God's always faithful. He's faithful to give his people good things. And he's likewise faithful to discipline. And if that discipline doesn't bring about a righteous change in a person's life, ultimately that discipline will turn into destruction. God is faithful to bless those who are blessable, but he's also going to curse those who are living a life that is embracing the lie and rejecting the truth. They will be cursed by God. He's faithful. Remember what the scripture says. He says, I sit before you, the law, that I might bless you and that you might have life. But if we reject that, then we're going to experience death, spiritual death, and the judgment after death of eternal curse. God is quite clear in what he offers. You can either have it very, very good or very, very bad. No place in between. So let's be committed to God. Let's be people who walk under the inspiration of the grace of God, having received the mercy of God, so that we can fulfill the purposes of God. Well, I'll close with that until next time. May God bless you. Shalom from Israel. Well, we hope you will benefit from today's message and share it with others. Please plan to join us each week at this time and on this channel for our broadcast of loveisrael.org. Again, to find out more about us, please visit our website, loveisrael.org. There you will find articles and numerous other lectures by Baruch. These teachings are in video form. You may download them or watch them in streaming video. Until next week, may the Lord bless you in our Messiah Yeshua, that is, Jesus, as you walk with Him. Shalom from Israel. Thank you.